and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popular culture, what's given us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. It's that moment you've all been waiting for since the last moment you were waiting for. Hunter Patton is back with us to talk about his fave movie of all time. Of all time? Uh, no. <laughs> One off. I mean, a really good movie. I'm here to talk about a really good Marvel movie. That's fair. That's fair. I, uh, so it's just Hunter and I, if you haven't figured that out by now. I haven't we given took an over. intro for Eric and Kyle. And so, yeah, we've taken over. So it took me one full year to do what I set out to do, which was to kick Kyle and Eric off this podcast. And now it's the Hunter and Ashby show. So. It's been a long, <laughs> this was the master plan. This after all. was the master plan. We even uh, took over Eric's house and have kicked him out of his own house. Yep. So he just left. <laughs> so, not oh, allowed my back. Goodness. This is the pod house now. Yeah, exactly. We're all, all guardians all the time. Yes, all Marvel all the time. We'll talk a little Star Wars. Just a teeny bit. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I might sneak some Star Trek in there. It's basically a space podcast now. <laughs> Wait, I I, uh, I feel like Galaxy Quest would be a good one to talk about oh, as well. Y'all man. should do a Galaxy Quest podcast. I always forget about Galaxy Quest. It's the best Star Trek movie that anybody's ever made. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. And isn't it supposed to be a parody? But it just... I mean, it's an homage to the fans of Star Trek. Right. It's a really good one, too. Nora and I were trying to watch the Hulu uh, special about it the other day and had started it. But yeah, underappreciated, but secretly extremely appreciated, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. Also, Alan Rickman. Yes. So it never gets yeah, never yeah, gets old. Yeah. I feel like there's another parody that I've never seen that everyone talks about and it's not Galaxy Spaceballs? It's the fanboys? Oh, well, yeah, that's a direct that's like a straight parody okay. of Star Wars, but yeah. That's never a Mel, that. Mel Brooks movie. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Barf, John Candy's the Chewbacca character. He's like a dog named Barf. <laughs> it's it's worth a while. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy. It's kind of wacky though. Okay. It's, it's, there's similar movies. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us five stars only. I'm going to try not to stumble over this because this is normally <laughs> Eric's line. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media, all one word, and find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the almost 100 other what the what episodes that's crazy yeah we're gonna be celebrating 100 episodes really soon what are you gonna do i think we're gonna do a 100th episode ama once kyle gets back from paternity leave how are you gonna take the questions facebook haven't gotten there yet mm. so maybe maybe we'll go back to youtube which we haven't done in a while and do like a youtube live ama uh, they will sync up with when you ask we're asked the question if you do that yeah i think yeah so. For yeah the playback so and yeah who knows who knows? We'll figure it out. Um, okay, on today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into the 2017 film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Here's your spoiler warning for today's episode. While the Guardians are our primary focus, we may be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows, the tie-in comics, and any of the other 22 MCU films, taking the entire saga into account. Soon to be... 23, 24. I mean, there's a lot mm. coming out this year. Is what it is? Was the uh, Black Widow officially coming out on July 9 in theaters, or yes. was it the Disney Plus extra I believe. stuff again? I can't remember 
if it's simultaneous, I know that they did say in theaters, but it might be also releasing on Disney Plus at the same time. I mean, at this point, if 20,000 people can be in PNC Arena, I think, you know, 45 people can be in a theater. Right. So, yes. You know. Yes. No if big, you no guys big, can no go back deal. to sporting events, then I can have my movies back. Yeah. Thanks. Now, we, now we did pull a, I mean, we did, we, we rented out the AMC and watched, uh, what is it? Raya and the Last Dragon? Yeah. Uh-huh. And just to, it was like up to 20 people. There was only like 10 of us. Uh, but that was really fun. Just to be back in the theater again. Right. And honestly, the capacities are low now because they've all got those nice reclining seats. So it's not even that many more folks that could even be in there. So anyway. Yeah, Kyle and Eric and I have talked about, I want to say it's the draft Alamo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they'll rent theaters out. And so we've thought about doing some kind of like what the what watch party. Yeah, that'd be fun. You could do old movies that are a lot cheaper than the new releases, like Back to the Future or something like that. It just depends. I wish they had a little more flexibility on that because, honestly, if they got theaters sitting open, I could think of a movie I'd want to watch on the big screen. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, uh, released on April 21st, 2017. Is that when? when I think that's when I looked this up, which seems like crazy that we haven't had another Guardians of the Galaxy movie in four years. We almost, Has it been four years? We almost weren't going to get another one. I like to think of the 90s as like 10 to 15 years ago, so if we could not. <laughs> no, and I think about how old my uh, some of my cars were that I had, and then I realized <laughs> just how old that is now. Like, everything stopped at 2000. Like The math was like, it was a 94, and it was six years old. Yeah. Right? And, uh, so it's just, yep. just a little older than that now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, 2017, which is crazy. And we we're there, the Guardians Volume 3 is ready to go. Uh, script, have they filmed it script no script is written okay and, and it's been written he wrote it before he got fired and rehired so um but yeah no they're filming like late 2020 or early 2022 i think or is it supposed to release in late 2022 i forget i don't have it down it doesn't matter i think i want to say november 2022 yeah i feel like they're Ish. getting ready to start filming so he's well james gunn's finishing up the suicide squad stuff or it's done and he's making that show on HBO with John Cena about Peacemaker. So oh. he's doing that in Canada right now. As soon as that's over, they start Guardians. Has he just gone like exclusively comic um, director? He's making a, I mean, he's he's desirable. So I guess right. if he's got a story to tell, he'll tell it for whichever studio will hire him. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I bet true. this Suicide Squad movie is going to be fun. Yeah. Not knocking David, David Ayer's I uh, mean, movie, but. Yeah. I. <clears throat> I will say this about The Last Suicide Squad. It is one of the more enjoyable DC movies I've watched in a while, but I'm just not a DC fan. Well, it got shredded on the cutting room floor. Like, that's not the movie he made. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah. That trailer with all the songs did a little bit too well, and then they went back and butchered it. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. DC seems to have a history with cutting their movies (laughs) poorly. (laughs) I will say one, one movie that has been entirely the creator's uh, vision where would be the first two Guardians movies. And I think that's what was most important about the third being also a James Gunn film. Right. Is that like he gets, he's going to be the only director to finish a trilogy also right. in the Marvel, in the MCU, which I think I said last time. Um, but it'll be minimal interference. Huh. Which is well, cool. And I also think, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast of, and not meaning to, but we do a lot of Marvel DC comparison because how can you not? Right. And I feel like one of the things that Marvel does really well is trust in 
who you've hired to do this film. You know, like they don't do yeah, unless you're Ed, unless you're Edgar Wright. Well, yeah, and you don't let him finish yeah. Ant Man, but that's fine. Right. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> other than that, there doesn't seem to be a ton of micromanaging at the studio level for the, each director. I think Kevin Feige hires the guy he wants to make the movie that he wants to see, uh, and he just t- he trusts them. So. Right. They've got some interesting. I can't say all the names right now, but besides Taika Waititi uh, making another Thor movie, but right. you know that was another like long shot where he just walked in and like. He showed clips of the first Thor movie, but with, you know, the immigrant song <laughs> played over top of it. He's like, basically that. Basically. Yeah. This with is the, my vision. With the title card, like, yeah. uh, like he wanted it with all the neons. <laughs> and, I heard a rumor that he, they paid, like, millions and millions of dollars to use immigrant songs. Oh, I'm sure. And so, like, that's sure why that was you hear cheap. it multiple times in maybe, the movie. Maybe they'll just get Greta Van Fleet to write an original song for the next one and, and just do the Robert Plant voice the right. whole time. Yes. And then we'll be... <laughs> <laughs> Profit, basically, I guess. I mean, shout out to Greta Van Fleet. Oh, you're man. not listening to them. That's funny. Um, but yeah, sorry. Oh, did I step on the synopsis? Are we going to do a full a full uh, walk We can. Through? We can. And we, can we just start off talking about how good a de-aged uh, Kurt Russell looks in this movie for like a, 10 seconds? Honestly, as I was watching the hair it, is the so first flowy. few minutes, I just was like, why so good looking? Like, why didn't how? they? Why didn't they have like a de-aged Goldie Hawn? Uh, right, as in the as car, Meredith as his Quill. mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, they wouldn't be the same actress as the first movie. That's the problem. But, right. But in retrospect, you know, you know, go for it. Continuity can only take you so far. I mean, if you're really going hardcore, like '80s nostalgia, right? You might as well exactly step on it. Yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell. What's he driving to? A Gremlin? I didn't look it up. I couldn't tell what kind oh, of car. I'm not I a have, car guy. I'm not a car. Kyle person. would know. The only car that I've ever fallen in love with is the car from Supernatural, which is a 67 Chevy Impala. You know, I have one of those, like a little, it came in like a loot crate mm-hmm. box. I need to give that to you next mm-hmm. time I see you. Yeah. Love that thing. Anywho, so I'm going to just try to go, I'm going to do an abbreviated via IMDb, thanks IMDb, mm-hmm. <laughs> synopsis. Yeah, I was lazy and didn't have time to write a full synopsis again. My hand was hurting also, and I don't type well. That's fair. Um, okay, so we've already talked about the intro. We come in in 1980, which happens in the first movie, too. We start back in time, basically. We start further back. And this, this time, time we start further back before Quill's born um, to his point of conception, you can say. Mm-hmm. And I'm still a little confused about what's happening mm-hmm. in this scene. Uh, it's very retro, psychedelic. They're behind a Dairy Queen. They're kissing. <laughs> There's a plant that's glowing. Yep. Not expansion. quite sure what's what's happening. Um, you know, when a man loves a woman. Anyway. I, 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 as far as I know, he seeded <laughs> the planet just like you. Yeah, right. the same way he created the progeny right. across all the universe. So yes. yeah, yes. Okay, so then we jump thirty-four years later, and the guardians are working to protect the Anulax batteries. Har- Harbulary batteries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're helping the sovereign out. Yes. From an interdimensional beast. Correct. Mm-hmm. Who wants to eat the batteries? Yes. I guess instead of sell them on the market. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like everybody else. So this sort of becomes the the actual intro to the movie. Yes. Where there's the music and Mr. Little... Blue Sky. Yes. Electric Light Orchestra. Yes. Once again, you know, like right off the bat, we well actually right off the bat we no have brandy. brandy. We didn't talk about Looking Glass. Looking so. Glass, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Like if I had to choose a song to listen to over and over again for the rest of my life, it would probably be that song. Yeah, I was gonna have a I, I wrote. <laughs> both soundtracks down oh nice because i thought i was gonna text you and say like let's rank them and then i knew i'd just argue about every single thing too much and i already 
I'm glad you like Brandy that much yeah. too. Oh my god! But I have a I have a, a winner, and we'll get to it okay. later. That's okay. better than Brandy, but okay. anyways, that would um, probably be my like my top song of all time, not just this it's, soundtrack. It's a good one. I think the best pop song of all time was on the first soundtrack. Okay, probably. that's fair. Anyway, that's fair. Um, is it a Michael Jackson? Song? It is a it's okay. a Jackson Five song. Okay. Yes. Um. Anyway, so the intro, the music, little baby dancing Groot. Um. And then, obviously, in the background, what's funny about this scene is the Guardians are all fighting in the background, but the point of view of the scene is from Groot dancing. And, yeah, and we can just analyze as we go. That's fine. Like, uh, that way I don't lose it for later. But uh, each Guardian gets a, a parenting moment with Groot, I think is the key takeaway there. Yes. So it's kind of like when you first watch it, you're like, what's the point of this? Right. You know, it's, it's funny. Right, it's he's fun. cute, yeah. Drax making, you know, the, his nipples hurt with the arrow rig was funny. That was a, I mean, that was a really, that was a great line. Also, also Dave uh, Batista's, he's he's like cranked to eleven in this movie. Yes, they they really took the what worked with Drax a little overdid it in a couple of spots. Right, but really honed him in yes. really well. He's, yes. Uh, but yeah, every every guardian gets a chance to parent the sort of baby Groot, which is you know a little bit of the theme of this movie uh parenting yes uh, which 100%. is interesting too bad kyle's not here to talk i know about right his, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely he's, about... he's getting ready to find out yeah so uh he's finding out now so um but yeah sorry go ahead and and then the beast shows yes and the, and the skin is the same thickness on the inside as it is the yes. outside <laughs> drax thinks that he has solved the problem and i'll just the go beast. inside of it yeah <laughs> kill the beast from the inside yes yes, yes. And then he, because of Gamora, thinks that he has, in fact, achieved his goals. Yes, yes. Oh, man. I just love their camaraderie. Yep. And you get to see that, like, off the bat here. The banter is there. Yes. Everything works. It's a, a squabbly little family. Yes. Um, of misfits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of broken um, people, as we talked about in right. the, the first one. Right. So then they bring the batteries back to the Sovereign. They meet the High Priestess. Um, and then in exchange for the batteries, the Sovereign deliver Gamora's sister Nebula to them. And they're going to take her back to Xandar and collect the bounty. But before they leave, um, Rocket... <laughs> he pocketed a few batteries. He pocketed yeah. a few batteries. And he manages to somehow, you know, anger them with his, like, off he was, side remarks. Yeah. Um, Rocket's still, I guess, sort of mastering... The art of the aside, you could say. Yeah, I mean, we could, yeah, <laughs> we could get into this later, but like, uh, the this story becomes about Rocket, and I know the third movie is intended to be the conclusion of Rocket's arc. Okay. Which we wouldn't think watching, you know, when they say talking raccoon in a talking tree. Yes. That we were going to get a full character arc for a talking raccoon. Right. But if you watch the first movie and then watch the second movie, which we all have, um, you start to see it. Yes. Uh, you, you really do. Especially his interactions with Yondu and the conversations they have, which are fantastic. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, so then they head for Xandar, but obviously the Sovereign comes after them because of the stolen batteries, and the you know Guardians kind of have like a little fight as they're trying to escape from the Sovereign. And they end up being saved by some nameless guy in a weird looking ship it's a guy <laughs> yeah it's a, like a little like, tiny it's like this big yeah <laughs> and so then they end up crash landing on a nearby planet and bear heart which is a, a easter egg for something i forget exactly oh jesus uh, i forget exactly what now but i, I remember i'm supposed to know what that it's an easter egg for 
So there's a name to the to the yeah yeah they oh, crash okay. on Bearheart which is uh, he's either okay. a character it's either a character reference or a the B something there's like a coordinate reference there I don't remember exactly what the Easter egg was I I forgot okay. to watch the commentary so as the guardians observe the wreckage of their ship um, the ship that saved them descends and out steps Ego who reveals himself to be Peter's dad which is kind of like a what moment um, and with him is his empathic assistant Mantis. And then on another planet, we sort of skip to Yondu and what the Ravengers are up up to, and they're staying at a hotel, and they run into some other Ravengers. <laughs> a hotel is a one way to put it, yeah. I mean, we'll say, like, a it's a, yeah, casino, Vegas situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Yondu spots an old comrade who is played by Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. who every time Stakar, I forget. Stakar, or Stakar, or Stakar, I don't Stakar, Stakar, yeah. Right, anyway. Agard, Agord. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, these names. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, so this this is a this was when I first saw this this was a weird exchange to me because I was trying to figure out why it was there because they basically talk about how Yondu and his group of Ravengers have been exiled from the greater sort of culture of Ravengers. And we find out that that is because the Ravengers have a code. And one part of that code is that they don't traffic in children. Mm-hmm. And by taking Peter, Yondu broke that code. And so we kind of see this aside. And then we go back to sort of Peter and the Guardians taking in this idea that like this guy who saved them is his pirate dad. Mo- pirate morality all of a sudden. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and so... The so this is where it's sort of like this weird it all starts getting complicated with like villains and good guys and so the Ravengers led by Yondu um, for the Sovereign end up coming after the Guardians and part of the Guardians go off with Ego to because Quill wants to kind of explore this father that he's discovered yes and the other Guardians um, who are left to fend defend the ship just just rocket and groot and and nebula nebula yes mm-hmm. <clears throat> who is sort of just on her own side yes yeah so then the sovereign asks the ravengers to go after them the ravengers do and then like he always does yondu finds a reason to sort of like absolve quill he gives him an out yes he always gives him an he out he always gives him an out well, apparently this time it was one out too much. Even Craglin's had enough. Yes, and so there's a mutiny. And it ain't I think right. Craglin doesn't realize what he starts. Craglin saved himself though. Thankfully, yes. uh, James Gunn was smart enough to write his brother into the the only the only Yondu uh, truther right uh, to to stay alive and not yes. get thrown out the airlock. Yes. So there's definitely a, a mutiny at yeah. this point. Yeah. That was a kind of messed up scene. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy, and Yondu can't do anything about it. And, right. and we're not supposed to really like Yondu. Right. Um, the one of the thing, right. another theme in this movie is all the people that were bad guys in the first movie are good guys. Are good guys. One. They're all the guardians. Yes. And that's again part of that. Uh, it's complicated, but a semi redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, about Definitely. family, about Gamora and her sister, and uh, Yondu and his father uh, right. figure at least. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes it takes off from there pretty mm-hmm. much. We've got. Half the crew on Ego's planet and the other in in custody, which we get some hilarious right. some hilarious scenes with Baby Groot trying to find Yondu's fin. Yes, um, which is you know uh, we get a great line about should I smash him with a hammer and right. <laughs> no he's too he's too, he's too adorable, adorable. <laughs> take him to the tailor right like, you can't and they may, kill and, him. and we get the taser face line so all these yes. we can talk about in the in, like, the in the quote lines. Taser yeah. face. 
it's metaphorical. And they're like, <laughs> it strikes fear in the minds of those who hear it. And they're like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, um, I think in this, maybe not so much in the other movie, but in this movie, you get a sense for how massive the Ravenger ship is. Yeah, it's multi-part as yes, well. Yes, which and I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, they're different. It's like a drilling vessel almost, like combined with like other all kinds of, it's an all-purpose pirate ship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to see uh, the Yondu work the arrow again. With another great song, another great needle drop. Come a little bit closer, I think, is the... Yes. Yeah, the J and the Americans or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, another fantastic... And I get the order of that out, because there's other stuff happening on, on Ego's planet with Peter finding out about... Well, what he wants, what Ego wants Peter to know about his heritage and what his purpose is, not yes. knowing the full detail. And we get a a, a pretty great scene with Mantis uh, and Drax, and then the realization of what's going on, as well as Gamora and Nebula's reunited, yes. <laughs> sort of complicated Very situation. Complicated. Uh, and all, yeah, all of that is leading to uh, Rocket and Groot and Yondu and Kraglin. Yeah. Headed to Ego's planet to try to save everyone as well. Or at Correct. least to help. It's, yes. Uh, to try and figure out what's going on. At least get them off the planet. Not knowing that they're going to have to right. destroy Ego. Right. Not in, knowing in of things. that things are quite as bad as they actually are. Yes. Um, yes. And so then you also you know, find out, okay, well, one of the reasons that Quill could hold an Infinity Stone is because he's, in fact, part God. A celestial, kind of. But only to the extent that the planet survives. Like, the planet is... And if the light dies, then he becomes mortal. Okay. Which we're not... I mean, that's what Ego told him. Right. And so that... We don't know. I had a lot of... Well, we can get to unanswered questions, but I had a lot of questions about, like, the logistics of all of that. I think we'll find (laughs) out. I don't think we're supposed to know. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, so then we sort of come to this, uh, climax at the end where everyone is on the same planet again, and everyone is united, including Mantis, who used to be with Ego, um, is united against Ego, uh, because we find out that he's, in fact, shocker, a power-hungry god who wants to take over all the planets in the known universe mm-hmm. and, you know, eat He them. might have a better plan than Thanos. Honestly. Possibly. Possibly. I'm glad the Guardians were here. Two-time Guardian. We're n- right. Oh, geez. We can charge a lot more now that we're two-time Guardians, I, say, our yeah. Galaxy Savers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm mad that that's where your mind went. Yeah. yeah eventually. It's yeah. like, why are you always thinking about money? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then they end up having this sort of, like, battle. You also find out, like, spoiler alert, that Ego is a terrible father who's killed all of his children. Across the universe. Across and, the universe. And Peter's mother, who almost... Yes. Almost single-handedly put an end to his grand plans Correct. by making him fall in love with her. Right. So, right. Um, you shouldn't have killed my mother and smashed my Walkman. <laughs> I love how those are like squished. Equal par. He yeah. said squished my yeah. Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't have killed my mother and squished, squished my, my Walkman. Walkman. I like how he also immediately pulls out his. It just immediately, like without yes. hesitation, just begins firing through ego as yes. soon as he finds out. Um, the, that comment comes way later when he's shoving him through the planet, distracting him while the bomb goes off. So, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So then uh, sort of the end, we have a few things going on. We have Groot setting the, uh, device that's going to blow up the planet while everyone else kind of distracts ego. And then we also have, um, 
Well, the sovereigns show up again. Yes, yeah, so the sovereigns show back with up. With the same needle drop. Fox, uh, no, not Fox on the run. No, 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 no. What is it? No. Southern Knights. Yes. Glenn Campbell. Yes. With another, they bring that back from earlier, which we didn't even talk about the arcade, like the the Sovereign's oh. arcade drones. Yes, um, like a shooter, like a Galaga. Which or honestly something. is kind of genius, right? Because mm. then you're not losing any kind of like human life. No, or sovereign just, life. Right, you're losing just the tech. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so they have this kind of like drone almost piloted situation. All the guardians work together though in different ways. Nebula and 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 Yondu take out the mm-hmm. the sovereign drones. Mm-hmm. And Kraglin's up there. I, we get a great like uh, um, what is it? Well, Eric would have to bleep it, but uh, Craglin radios in to Yondu and goes, "Hey, y- uh, hey, Captain, remember that that Aisha chick?" <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, what about her?" And he goes, "Oh hell!" <laughs> like, 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 I just love that. And then and then the the, the needle drops like yes. on, on so yeah. Yes. And it was just like that that combination. I think only Michael Rooker's is his delivery of that. 100%. Oh hell. Yeah, yes. it's fantastic. 100%. Uh, so. I love Michael Rooker so yeah. much. I didn't know he could bring it that hard. I mean, he's, I, right? you know, I, I just remember him as the dad from Mallrats that gets stink palmed. But, right. but besides that, in Walking Dead, he kind of showed back up. And Slither, I mean, if you're a James Gunn tr- purist, yes. you know, you've yes. obviously, he's been in almost everything James Gunn. I think he, I don't know if he pops up in Super or not. Nathan Fillion is in Super, though. Mm, okay. Uh, and what is, how do I say it? What is it? What is her name? Uh, Elliot Page. Also, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, that, and Rain Wilson, yes. yeah. I wanted to get that right, yes. um, but yeah, no, the and again, but yeah, Michael Rooker absolutely brings it as Yondu, and I feel like um, they had plans for Yondu. Uh, he had this plan for Yondu um, throughout, and at the first, I think when the Guardians won, I think Kevin Feige wasn't sold on Michael Rooker. Interesting. And he said, "Well, then I won't. Yondu won't be in the movie. Okay. Like he's my. Right, I wrote, like, James I wrote, Gunn said that like." This is the only actor that I see. I wrote this. this. I don't. I'm not going to use Yondu if it's not Michael Rooker. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, the roadmap was laid out very early on for all this. Well, then it also, um, you know, we talk about sort of like how this movie ends up being about family, and mm-hmm. so while all this is going on, Yondu is also coaching Quill. Yep. You know about how to use his powers. You don't think I fly this arrow with my head, do you? Right. Yeah, and right. So. Um, which is also really interesting that they kind of find this, you know, father-son bond at the very end. They had it. Right. They just right. didn't know it. Peter was always looking for something else and not realizing what was right, right. in front of his face. Sort right. Of. Also, you know, not totally absolving him from abuse and Correct. things like that. Yeah, I don't that, know if but... my father has ever threatened to eat me. <laughs> I was so... being funny. <laughs> I was being funny. I wasn't really going to eat you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So, yeah, they're, they, what I love about the Guardians movies, and I forget until I watch them again, and what I love about James Gunn is it's like, it's funny and it's colorful and it's a space odyssey, but that's the wrapping. Mm-hmm. And like what's at the heart of it is these really complicated relationships about like friends and family and like dealing with things like child abuse and like really complicated situations about like what is moral and so Mm -hmm. like rocket is always doing the right thing for the wrong reasons you know he pushes people away and he doesn't want to get close because he doesn't want to get hurt yeah right and then quill seems like he's always sometimes doing the wrong thing for the right reasons (laughs) the the man child but (laughs) very heroic right right yeah 
Um, that's one of my other favorite, like, recurring things in the movie where uh, he's like, you know, we have an unspoken... The unspoken, unspoken bond, bond. Which comes back at the end. Right, right. Um, you know, um, and, and the, the, the sacrifice is mm-hmm. justified in the end. I, right. I would say Chris Pratt's performance, and I know they played the score, Tyler Bates' score on set for a lot of the stuff that's not a, a needle drop. They play a lot of the music on set so they can react right. in real time. Right. I would say I've seen the behind the scenes of when they film that scene, and uh, Chris Pratt's um, performance is pretty good right there. It kind of yes. gets me. It gets me because I'm like I'm not expecting the guy from Community to or uh, from Parks and Rec to, right. to get to get me in this right. movie like to, that. To be heart like it's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and and Yondu, um, he goes out well. I would say so. Yes. He's Mary, Mary Poppins, y'all. Yes, yeah. Is he cool? Is he cool? Yeah, yeah. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. <laughs> I had a pretty cool dad. That's, um, the way, that's the way he ends it. Yeah. Yes. And then, of course, one of the things that gets me the very end is Yondu gets his Ravenger. The colors of a gourd play over, flash over his grave. Yep. Yes. And then you get the the Cat Stevens uh, father and son yes. and Rocket's, you know, realization of why he is how he is and how it compares to Yondu. Uh, that it's not too late though to stop. To let people in and not push them away. So it's it gets way heavier than you think a movie with a talking raccoon is going to get. 100%. And it gets really heavy really quick. Yeah. And Craglin, you feel it. I, I feel it for Craglin the mm-hmm. most. Like, Craglin and Peter are like brothers. Yeah. Raised by, raised with and alongside uh, Yondu. And yes. And I feel like we all, Craglin's alone, mm-hmm. like, right, in the part of the ship, like, by himself. I actually feel worse for him um, yes. in a way. Uh, but he, in the end, he was extremely excited. Because well, and of the, I also the feel like Sean Gunn did a really good job with the scene um, where he goes, I didn't mean to start a mutiny. I didn't mean to start. Yeah, all my yeah. friends are dead. All yeah. my friends are dead. Yeah, it's well, so Sean, sad. We're going to do quotes later, but let's just yeah. run straight down the... Uh, so you know when he's talking to Nebula and he's like, "So, uh, so what are you gonna buy with the with the payment?" And she goes through a lengthy description About of how she's gonna Thanos. she's gonna kill Thanos and Gamora. Yes. Uh, and yes. he goes, "I was just meant like a like a necklace or something pretty, make like all the other ladies go, ooh, 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 that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. I just meant like a necklace or a pretty hat. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, so." But then, yeah, the the I didn't mean to start a mutiny, and 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 then uh, the end. Also, he gives him the zune, mm-hmm. and it, which also goes to show you that, like, you know, you see you see uh, Yondu open up the troll at his tchotchke that he loves yes. at the end of the first movie, and you know that like he knew Peter did not give him that Infinity Stone, even though you know right. again providing another out for Peter, right? Um, but in this one, you also find out that this whole time, even though Peter had decided to cut Yondu out of his life, because again. At that right. point in time, he just assumed he was the abusive person that kidnapped him. Right. Um. Uh. At some point, um, that he was also like thinking about him. Yes. Now he he at some point ran across some earth junk, and there's no a better definition of earth junk than a zune. Uh, right. Um, or a troll. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's on par it's with like a. It's It's on par with a, a pop. Right. Without the hair. Right. But you know. Um, that he was looking out for him. He was looking for, you know, something for Peter. He saw something, and he was like, you know, Peter would like that. <laughs> he granted him a Zoom with 300 songs. Yes. Uh, and Craglin ends up with the arrow and the fin. So, fun. Uh, more Craglin to come, I think, mm-hmm. in, in Volume 3. So, he actually got... I hope so. He actually got way more stuff to do in this movie than I expected as well, which makes me happy because uh, he's very fun. Yeah. His accent's very fun. Like a, like a 
like a weird yes. country space yes. pirate yes. sort of situation. Definitely. Yeah, which plays with Michael Rooker's whatever his accent is really, really well. Like his a growl. Midwestern space yeah, pirate. Space growl. <laughs> okay, so normally when we do questions, the first thing we ask each other is do you like this film? Which I feel like is kind of pointless to ask. No, me. I only have a Star Lord right. like leather yes. jacket and then a helmet. And a helmet. And the, a so I think instead I would ask you, going into Volume Two. And this is the Volume Two jacket. This is okay. The, gotcha. the long, the long one is just too much. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the duster. The he duster. Has in the yeah. first one. Mm-hmm. I um, keep hitting this with my the spit look, guard with the. It uh, happens to me yeah. all the time. Um. So, instead I would ask, like, you know, I know that you loved Volume Mm 1, and once you've seen something and you've fallen in love with it, you have a lot of expectations Mm -hmm. going into Volume 2. So, what were were you thinking sitting down to watch Volume 2 for the first time? I was scared because, well, there's no way I could have as much fun and be, be as blown away as I was with the first Guardians. Uh, and I was gladly disappointed, or, or gladly surprised that I was wrong. Rather. Gotcha. Let me say it like that. Gotcha. Um, this movie, I mean, they're both self-contained enough, and they don't matter like where they are in the Marvel, the MCU. I mean, right. James Gunn's got a great. He has a great, a huge advantage over a lot of other directors in the right. MCU, where he's just kind of out on his own. He has to progress a part of something, get it from point A to point B, but how he gets there is kind of up right. to him. Well, and they talk about Thanos, but it's not on him to give a like critical plot point to the greater MCU yeah. arc. Yeah, you could pull Thanos out of the first movie and it and it just, just be Ronin right. and just be a power stone and, and not matter. Correct. Um why Ronan got it because he ultimately doesn't give it to Thanos anyway. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's like, yeah, I'm keeping it, dude. Yeah. Uh, and so I I really enjoyed this movie too. I feel like they, again, they do this with every second movie kind of when they do a good second movie. Uh, they, they make what work work better. They dial it up and mm-hmm. then they, uh, and they hopefully progress the story correctly, which I feel like they did both. And they told a different story. You know, it's not the same three acts. It's not the same arc for everybody. Right. Um, if they had done the same thing again, like a bunch of misfits get into trouble and find out a way to get out of it with teamwork, you know, that would be less entertaining. Right. But we've got a lot of growth. You know, we add we add team members. We add new responsibilities for taking care of baby Groot and what mm-hmm. it means to be a family. I think Drax has a great line where... Um, Nebula, this is toward the end, and Nebula's like, "All you do is argue. You're not, a, you're not friends." He's like, "You're right. We're a family, right? Because you know that's all they do: sit around argued about stuff." Yes. Uh, and I think that's that's again that's what's pointing to like the whole point of this movie, uh, and also you know like not who who had you, but who raised you, sort of um, situation. Right. So I, I don't know. I I was I was struck by uh, the fact that it was just as good. Now, if I'm gonna put one of these two on, the laughs are there too. Like, it, there's, I always always watch these movies. Like, um, the movies I watch the most are the ones that have the most repetitive next thing that I'm ready to see. Right. That's not stretched out really far. There's a lot of movies where I watch. Um, I'd say like, uh, Step Brothers is a good one. It's super heavy front loaded. Right. Yes. And it's and but like super bad is not. Right. Superbad is throughout. Knocked Up's another one that's like right. for me. I'm going through that like the phase of college where I was watching these movies like every day. Uh, right. And but like I would go back to all of them, but the ones that are front to back tight like Chef. 
Right. Where I'm, I'm like waiting. It's like five minutes away to the next thing I want to see or the next joke or the next like bit right. or wh- right. whatever. And I think this Guardians has the same pacing that the first one's had. First one had. Uh, there are a few line deliveries in this movie that are better than anything in the first Guardians movie. I think so too. One that you're probably going to sleep on and we're not in order. I'm no. a, I'm a, I'm off the rails. No, we're just talking. No, we're moving this on to favorite quotes. Free flow. Well, this is the rest of the conversation. Because yeah. I'll <laughs> by by giving every quote, I will have already discussed every conversation around why I like it. But correct. Uh, there's a bit where um, <laughs> they're sitting around talking and, <clears throat> and and they're eating in at the campfire with Ego, and he says, "Always uh, oh, Drax is like I thought." Yondu was your father. <laughs> and he's like, you thought Yondu was... You're like, you look exactly alike. And Rocket goes, one's blue! And like, it's like the... And his, like, his, like, face... How do they make a raccoon do that? Like, what? Like, what? Yes. That face. And the one's blue delivery from Bradley Cooper just... It's slaying Well, and me. I still cannot get over that that's Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Like, I can't hear Bradley Cooper. There's a few times... Whenever he, um... Whenever they're in the jail cell and they're trying to... I could have told you... I could have told you he wasn't going to understand what you were saying. Like, like I hear it. Right. I hear it right there. Like, that was one of the only times where I'm like, ah, I hear it. Right. But I hear only it. occasionally. Only very occasionally, yeah. He's a chameleon in this role, I mm-hmm. guess. It's easy when you're, behind, when you're number right. one, a talking raccoon, like right. three feet tall. Yes. So, uh, to sort of disappear <laughs> into it. Um, and it also is a Vin Diesel as Baby Groot. Yeah. With a, with a chipmunk's voice modulator of some right? sort. Right? Isn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, they just, I love, they could have, what I love about especially the I Am Groot stuff, not only that it's Vin Diesel, which is hilarious. He did it to in me. like all eighty languages or something like that that they released the movie in. And he did it on risers so he would feel tall <laughs> for the first movie. And then that they could have phoned it in in this movie. Right, right, right. And just, they didn't just redub. Right. His, his I Am Anyone Groot's. could do baby. No, Groot. he wants to. He wants to. He wants to be true to the part. It's, I think it's probably Vin Diesel's best role. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I mean, don't cut off the. Don't honestly. don't stop the live stream. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, also, the the amount of names Rocket gets called in this one, I highlighted some. So Raccoon, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Um, Trash Panda. Trash which Panda. Is a great, another great line. Oh, it's, yeah. way, it's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's way worse. Tri- that triangle faced monkey over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell's ego calls him a triangle faced monkey. Mantis calls him a puppy. Yes. Nebula calls him a fox. Yeah. Uh, hey there, puppy. rat. Whenever <laughs> whenever Yondu catches up with him, uh, and then I think we got a few more. Uh, we got a few more. Uh, <laughs> we get a few more rats and dog comments in there, but uh, that's probably about it. I right. think I think those are all the names he got. Oh, um, Raboon, which oh, was the Raboon. one where Baby Groot corrects. Yes. Know, what's a not a Raboon? Or oh, okay, Raccoon. <laughs> the Raboon. I forgot about the Raboon. So yeah, Rocket gets all the names called here in this one. Um, yes. But yeah. Uh, more what are your what are some of your favorite quotes that I haven't already stolen so Drax to me was like bringing the quotes in this movie I've skipped all the I skipped all the Drax please do the one at the beginning so I don't have to uh, or I'll do it either one okay so okay so when he's talking to Gamora and she walks away in the ship and he's like leaning and and Drax just like pops up and he's like oh you're like a daggone shadow (laughs) and he's like he's like uh, it tells him the story about Ovet Yes. And and yes, we were at dancing. the at the dancing and she wouldn't even tap her foot. <laughs> like, one would think she was dead. <laughs> and then and then the uh it goes on from there. It's a so little less family friendly, but Yes, but that so that was one of that kind of leads into um when he's talking to 
Quill and he goes, you need to find a woman who's pathetic. Like you. Like you. you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when, so two of the things that I thought were really interesting, because Drax, I think, is sometimes meant to be comedic, but he said two really interesting things to me in this movie. Um, the one where he goes, beautiful people never know who to trust. Yeah, you were ugly. <laughs> at least right. you know. Yeah, at yes. least you know he loves you. Right. Like, you're horrifying to look at. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Bleh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like you like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Manus. Um, yeah, she gets dunked on a little too hard in this movie, probably I, for the yes. for the subservient. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. A, a little bit. If he walked, if if James Gunn walked into any almost traps in this movie, it was it was probably her getting right. dunked on a little too hard. Right. But I think he gets out of it because it's they're aliens. But you know. right. Um, and then the one where uh, Ego is talking to Quill about you know conceiving him with his mom and Quill's like I don't want to hear about that my father would tell the story of impregnating my mother every winter solstice yeah and then like, Quill's like Bleh. and then Drax says you Earthers, you Earthers have hangups it's <laughs> <laughs> like you know what we actually really we do we actually do yeah yeah it was beautiful <laughs> it was beautiful <laughs> he's like oh gross and yeah uh, the, also the bet um, the, the bet with Mantis and he's like, Hey, uh, so we have a bet where he, he's like, you're not supposed to tell her it's a bet. He's like, okay. So the bet is if you're, if your antenna are for, uh, the, Drax thinks your antenna are for walking through a door so right. you don't get decapitated. decapitated. And if it's literally anything, anything besides else. getting decapitated by a doorway, then I win. I win. <laughs> She's like, it's not for a doorway. <laughs> They are she not for doorways. Outs Quill to how much he feels about yes. Gamora, yes. and then Drax just busts out yes. laughing, and then she puts him to sleep. sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Drax brings it. Dave Bautista brought it really, really, really hard in this movie. I, yes. I will say. Um, and and the also again the scene where he talks about his daughter, uh, and like she was like she was ugly, and he's like, no, she was she was innocent like you, and she touches Drax and like just is like overcome with emotion. I, that was really I thought that was really important too, like how he's just sitting there, just stone faced and quiet because he doesn't he doesn't really show emotion. Right. Uh, well, and I think in the first movie, Drax says that he's from a race of people that aren't that are very stoic. Right. And that also don't understand. They, they take everything literally. Right. So he's like a... Right. And so I think it's interesting to use the introduction of Manus in this movie to show that it's has... almost like Vulcans, right? Yes. What we learn in Star Trek, just because Vulcans are stoic and seemingly cold, it doesn't mean they don't feel emotion. It means they're taught to rein them in. One thing J.J. Abrams' Star Trek did really well was showing us Zachary Quinto's uh, rage. Like yes. his human, why don't a writer mom rage, yes. right? You know, uh, also great cast. Right, as well. and so but... I think using Mantis to show that just because Drax doesn't show it doesn't mean yeah. that he's still not really upset about losing his family. I think they, I think it's Lindsay Ellis's video about Guardians 2. She talks about how he's a sort of a deconstruction of toxic masculinity. They get into that a little more from some of the comments made in the first movie, but how he doesn't feel insecurities or shame. Right. Uh, and like that, like you're like an old, like you're like an old woman. And he's like, why? Because I'm, because I'm wise. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like he like has no, he doesn't care. Like he, he just says what he thinks and he, uh, and again, he doesn't have any shame or insecurity about his bodily functions or any, right. like anything. He talks about his famously huge turds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I'd say Drax gets the biggest upgrade on um, making what worked work really, really well. Yeah, Gamora's pretty flat for both movies, um, yes. but her arc is simpler. It's 
it's a breaking away. It's a freedom sort of uh, and finding a family. So, right. uh, and then her interactions with Nebula are more slanted towards Nebula's own change, but right. also her realization of like what it would mean to be like embrace her as like a sister or like a family. Well, what's really interesting to me, and we just talked about how you know James Gunn doesn't necessarily have the responsibility of teeing up a lot that the other directors did. However, I don't think you can have in-game Nebula and Gamora oh. without this movie. I mean, no, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't carry any weight. Right. The the having to restart with Nebula and Gamora in a way yes. during that movie, right. realizing where pre-corrupted or pre-enlightened Nebula is right. in that timeline and where pre-enlightened Gamora is in that timeline is interesting yeah. for sure. Uh, having her be a cyborg and planted in just the right place at just the right time to have her like sort of memory corrupted right. by Thanos as well is is interesting. I couldn't, I can't imagine Endgame working as well without that. You're right. Right. You're right. It doesn't work as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more sacrifice and unsacrifice. I think it yes. it also is a completely different Guardians when we start the next movie. Um, well, and that's the thing about I was thinking as I was watching this is I was like we. These two characters especially have made such a leap in this movie in in intricacy in their character and in exposition and in growth. And then I think about where we end in Endgame and then going into Volume 3, it's two completely different characters. Mm -hmm. You've almost hit like you have a to go. Button. You have to go find her again. Right. Essentially. Yeah. And, and Well, it wasn't going to be Thor riding around with the Guardians, but right. now we'll probably have the Guardians at the beginning of Love and Thunder Right. Doing something and then disappearing, more than likely. Um, so, sans Gamora, I guess. Yeah, so we've kind of moved into what worked best. And mm -hmm. I know that you said you wanted to talk about Rocket specifically. Um, and I will say that my one, like, piddly note for this section was when Ego calls Rocket a triangle-faced monkey. And <laughs> Rocket kind of, like, touches his nose. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it, it honestly made me so sad. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's like when you're a kid in school and someone like calls you fat or ugly or stupid or your hair looks funny and you try to not let it bother you and then you go home and you look in the mirror and you're like, does my hair look funny? Right, right. And so like he touches his muzzle like, is it like a triangle? Yeah. It's a, and I, like, I don't know what a monkey is also. Yeah. Right. And so I was really aware more so probably watching this again of how Rocket's arc in this story, even from the first one, mm -hmm. you know, like, and we're also moving into, like, Infinity War and Endgame, where Rocket plays a part, um, how much I feel for him, you know? And Rocket had this really fun scene with Bucky Barnes in Infinity War, and it was meant to be funny, and it was meant to be cool. They both like guns. Yeah. Rocket talks about his arm. But a lot of fans on Tumblr really smushed those two characters together after seeing them on screen for the first time as two of probably the most most likely characters in the MCU to bond over what it feels like to be like unmade mm -hmm. and then made into something that you never asked to be made right. into. Right, that makes sense. You know, that and makes so sense. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, Steve Rogers did it on voluntarily. Right. right. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, taking them apart and putting them back together again, taking Bucky's brain apart, right, and putting it back together to suit your purpose. Yeah, right, certainly they have uh, their kindred spirits. Isn't it where? Uh, isn't that where Paul Rudd isn't he sitting outside and in game and he's and <laughs> doesn't think... doesn't he walk by and he's like what the f 
yeah. he's like he's been gone for in, yes. he's been in the quantum realm or whatever and he comes out and like half the population's gone and there's a talking raccoon walking yes. around the yes. avengers campus right uh in a in a, a hulk banner hybrid yes yeah that has it's, like the tacos yep yeah, just poor, so good. Poor Ant-Man. Poor, uh, Paul Rudd pulls it off He so really well. does. I feel like he's the, the only... Ageless wonder. Uh, yeah. Like, him being Scott just works because he's the only one that can pull off that level of, like, innocence. Yeah. Where you're just amazed at every, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, his meeting Captain America. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> so, oh yeah, goodness. I mean, it, it's, it's, um... It's a, this is a good movie. This is a solid movie. I don't really have a ton of other like uh, you know Rocket's arc is is both you know he sees himself in Yondu and he and he and he knows that he's pushing people away. He starts to realize that he's he starts to realize what he's doing. I think right. is is sort of the key. But at the end, you know, he he talks about how he's been a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, in sort of in third person, but right. Um, like hypothetically, mm-hmm. if someone was sorry about the yeah. way they had been acting, yeah, he kind of does it, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. And so, you know, that's. I think it's it's good. Um, Do you have any nitpicks? Is it? There's a couple of times when uh, Drax is a little too much. Okay. There yeah. was a there was a little forced laughter in a couple of spots. That right. They, that I wasn't laughing at what was happening, and so the forced over laughing while accurate for Drax's weird quirks. They didn't they weren't so I mean they weren't supposed to be funny. The right. like, the overlapping wasn't supposed to mean I was laughing, but Right. That was it. And that was really the only things I'd take. I mean again and maybe they couldn't have dunked on Mantis a little and that goes back to the Drax part again. Right. So maybe we don't dunk on Man- Mantis so hard. But you know, I think um I think it's pretty I think it's pretty it's pretty tight. I, there's nothing mm-hmm. I uh would there's nothing I think it could have been better in places uh, that are very obvious to me. So yeah, it's a good movie. It's a fun rewatch. It goes by really. It snaps right along. Uh, it has a satisfying sort of conclusion, um, and a ton of one-liners. You know, it's got it. It's got it. It's all there. So right. Yeah. I um moving into also kind of like a just random section things. I forgot. I forget that Stallone's in it. So then he shows up, and you're like, "Hans oh, Zimmer's Stallone." And I forgot a Craglin line right there. Sorry, he's like, "If he's so, if he's so soft, why are you whispering for?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then David Hasselhoff shows up. Sourdough Hasselfrau or Hass- yes. uh, Sourdough. Ha- yeah. <laughs> so what does he call him? Sourdough Hasselfrau. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> He has a magical boat. He has a talking car. Why does it talk to his car? It help him. It helps him on adventures. Right. Oh and it's gosh. and it's for companionship. Talk about Knight Rider. It yes. Me up. Yeah. Sourdough Hasselfrau. So yeah, there were a few like cameos in this movie. Yeah. That you were just kind of like, well, I just forgot, and I was like, what? What? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's. The, the Stallone drop was wild because mm-hmm. he ended up on the poster as far as like his name. Right. And I was like, what the what Sly Stallone is in this movie? Right. Like, yeah. In Who what is capacity? He play? Right. And yeah. if I don't miss my guess, and I'm gonna I don't remember her name, so I'm not gonna try to even say it. The the lady that played Mulan that was in the um the the live action. No, no. The she's older now, but she's in the Mandalorian. She's the bounty hunter with Boba Fett. The one that gets ki- like spoilers for Mandalorian. I-, I forget her name. Anyway, it's gonna be it's like it's like right here, but I don't want to say it wrong. Oh, uh, she's Asian. Who's um, obviously Agent May in Agents of Shield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is her name? She's um 
one of the Ravager captains as well. I'm yes. pretty sure. Unless I, think, I just totally butchered her. that. She's wearing a lot of different makeup. Yeah, I figure I, I think thought that her. was her. Um only I because on only because I know there's her. supposed to be another Easter egg for the for the Ravager captains that I'm missed. Well there's a a scene, right? There's a at the end where they're yes. like like cuz like Ving Rhames is one of them I think mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. so Oh, we didn't talk about the the most uh obvious what well, should have been obvious cameo stanley's a watcher the whole time he was a watcher oh i mean yes. james gunn gets to spill the beans on why stan lee has cameoed in every single marvel movie and that's he's he's one of the watchers or he's like a, a one of the watchers un beings that goes out and watches things as well for them so but yeah um during the jumps to Ego's yes. planet. They jump through the Watchers sort of grid, uh, and mm-hmm, and Stanley's mm-hmm. telling them. Out. And this time I was a <laughs> I was a trash man or something yeah. like that. I don't know. He's wearing a spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, talking to him. All I the big headed dudes. It's Michelle Yao who you're talking about. Oh, so that's the wrong. It's the wrong person. So it's not. But she is apparently going to be in uh, Shang Chi. Well, that's cool. Apparently. Okay, well, I totally butchered that then. But I wonder if well, she, she just was recast or if she's, to be sure, she's not playing a Ravenger in The Legend of the Ten Rings. No, she's not. Okay. So, but yeah, that's... I don't think they're going to expand on the Ravagers, so... Um... Okay, that's Aleta Ogord. Yeah, that makes sense that it would be her because they have the same last name. They're all Ogords, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's her. But you're talking about... Ming now when when yeah that's when, who it is yes, I could have swore it was her in that makeup yeah that's true they do look very similar in that makeup so but yeah she Probably plays just got Agent May canceled. anyway Eric cut all that part do out. we need to cut all of that out <laughs> it's, like it's really easy to cancel it was it was one thirty also and I'm like wait I think yeah and I paused right. it and I looked and I was like yeah I didn't bother to look it up that's I fair. should have looked it up. Well, how okay. about the? How about the? Okay. Where are we moving on to? I only thing left I got is the soundtrack. What? So, one one more. What's your what the what moment? Because I can tell you what mine is. Go ahead. So my what the what moment, and I remember it because it, it happened to me this time too. I was waiting for it, and I remember the first time is when he goes, "It killed me to put that tumor in her brain." And my whole body just like dropped. I'm like, what's he about to do? And he just immediately does something. It wasn't. Right. There's was no like build up to like the villain explaining his whole story. He's already doing that. But like then when he turn turns, because you're not still not quite sure what right. that means. Right. Because expansion. You're, you're like, well, we're not quite sure if he's a good guy, mm-hmm. but he's not a bad guy yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we think maybe he is using Quill for something, but he's not. A bad guy. Well, now we've seen the bones, though. At that point, we know where it's headed. The music, well, that's the true. music's we changed. Have, right, we're in yeah. a minor, we're in a minor key. That's true. We do think, okay, maybe he, like, he is the villain, and he's killed all of these. He could have been the villain, children. villain, though, still without killing. Correct. So yeah, I feel Quill. like that's when he becomes the villain to Peter. That's like, when we, that's when we, the gray area is removed. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, I just remember, like, my whole, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, because up until that moment, you think, well, even if he's an awful person and he left her on Earth, like, there's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game when, when that, he says that and you realize, and Peter realizes that his mom didn't have to die. Mm-mm. And the only reason 
that she did die is because she was a distraction. When he says, I couldn't imagine living on a, a planet without her or something, that's the way he words it. And he's like, I know what that's like. Right. Yeah. Like you, you know, she died in front of me. Like and you left and right. left her. How could you? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, that's powerful. I yeah. Think. I don't have a specific moment. There's like bits and pieces that I look forward to uh, more than others. I think the the needle drop on. Well, I mean, Lakeshore Drive is my top. Mm. That's my top song for the whole. Okay. The whole film. Okay. And the when they're taking off from the Sovereign and starting to go fly away, like that's um, I think I forget what song they used in the first Guardians for that initial um, was it Spirit in the Sky or uh, anyways trying to figure out what that that like takeoff song was that they used right. in the first Guardians, but uh, I've got all the other ones in my, in, in my head right now. But uh, yeah, I think the soundtrack for me is is I always forget on par until I'm like listening. Which one? Like what the. Like I know I'm I'm gonna forget like unless I look at an actual soundtrack listing. Oh I have, yeah, you try can't read my chicken scratch over here. Um, <clears throat> I will say I prob to be honest I probably knew off the bat more songs off the first volume one huh. just for whatever reason. Um, I mean I love Fleetwood Mac. That's probably one of my top bands of all time. So like I yeah, I mean the chain that. is is a tough tough right. to put anything um and then honestly like my sweet lord by george harrison really did work the song goes on forever though because yeah. it you know you're seeing ego's planet for the first time which is very colorful and very like oh it goes perfect all the it, all know, the music matches up right that song is it goes with like a psychedelic feel i yep. guess the cat so, the, the cat stevens song you couldn't pick a different song for that right. spot surrender um, by cheap trick i like cheap trick Sam Cooke, bringing on home to me, uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, you f- they finally dance. Well, they kind of dance in the first one uh, right. to fool around and fell in love, but this one they, you know, they actually do dance to right. uh, a little bit more to come a little bit closer for the 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 Arrow Massacre works yes. really really well when yes. they realized it. He's like, you got any clones of Quill's old music on the ship? And then like you hear it start playing over the like yes. loudspeaker, and he's like, Yondu's got the fin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's pretty much everything. Fox on the Run, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Mr. Blue Sky is fun. Yeah, that's from the really intro. Fun. But Lakeshore Drive for me uh is the MVP. And Brandy, obviously. Definitely. And the change is always good. So mm-hmm. I and I think the first album the first soundtrack's better, but I, I do yeah, a, I, think, I do a shuffle all. I yeah, I do too. But I definitely think the first one is better. Just like this one is sort of like you know, there's some I really love and there's some that I really have honestly like you would have to play them and then I would probably be like, Oh mm. yeah, that's what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. But the first one, volume one, I knew every single song even before the movie came out like those were all yeah, really yeah, recognizable yeah. songs to me but the wham bam shangalang one is uh, another mvp for me that one's see the, I, I we got to a wham bam shang li- listen yeah. to it again that's one of i'm forget they're done like a shootout scene in that one too uh, so. okay gotcha yeah uh so yeah no i mean that's it's a solid flick it's yeah. a solid entry it, it again i don't need the mcu for this movie right uh, you want to sit down and watch Guardians one and two with anybody, right? Uh, you don't really need you don't need the MCU. Yeah, uh, standalone. So, I it was really interesting. Normally, in an MCU episode, we would do like a teach us what 
we need to know and we would do it about an artifact or we've been trying to cover the infinity stones and so i thought that i would do it about the sovereign but then when i looked it up james gunn came up with the sovereign like that's his brainchild the sovereign isn't a canonical mcu like they don't is that right apparently so the i forget where adam warlock comes from but that's they're definitely connected to him at least that's the plan right because there's another but i forget um, what race he is i mean i guess he's going to be sovereign but uh yeah apparently he's 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 in that cocoon at the end correct so that's definitely adam warlock yes uh and he's he stars pretty heavily in some of the infinity gauntlet infinity uh stuff with thanos which we're past that it's not like also thanos comes back from the dead several times in the comic books he comes back one time with like his memory wiped and he's just like a rage monster uh and the guardians of the galaxy have to uh stop him so that's again another potential angle um, for bringing thanos back in a few years i went on to the marvel fandom and it said this race is an original creation for the guardians of the galaxy volume two and they are not based on an existing race from the marvel comic book okay then that, that's fine i would not argue that i didn't i never took the chance to took the opportunity to look that up myself but i know they're connected i wonder why they didn't use whatever wherever adam warlock's from and i don't right. know that i haven't i haven't read anything with adam warlock in it in a long time but yeah and i'm so, not a comic person. i have so a lot of covers with him on it but i haven't read any of it in a long time um, right I could do a whole conversation about superheroes I'd like to see before I see Adam Warlock, but right. So I thought I don't know if you know anything about it more than I do. No, but um, I thought I'd ask you about Volume Three and the Holiday Special. Like, what's the oh, chatter? Yeah. What's Holy the chatter cow. in the fandom? Okay, so yeah, he wrote it. It's done. Holiday Special is done, ready to go. I'm. They're gonna make fun of the Star Wars Holiday Special really hard. I, did it's, you that's see what I'm where expecting. Um, Mark Hamill? on Twitter was like, do you think okay. this is a good idea? So, 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 okay. Well, okay. I, I didn't tweet at this, uh, because I wanted to save it, but years ago, this is before James Gunn got fired. Okay. They don't live too far from one another. Right. Um, they had a conversation and I'm pretty sure Mark Hamill was on a short list to be ego. Okay. Or at least to be in guardians Two in gotcha. some capacity. They gotcha. had like a lunch, Mm-hmm. Basically, it was like he just tweeted at James Gunn about how good the first Guardians was, and he was like, "Well, if you want to be in a Guardians movie, right? You you know, I would love to work yes. with you." And 100%. so they went and had lunch and stuff okay. like that. And I'm fingers crossed. I hope he doesn't show up as like a Star Wars bit in the holiday special. I right. hope to God he's going to be in some major capacity in Volume Three. Gotcha. I don't I mean, know. I have not looked at anything about. There's nothing much to know about Guardians Volume Three except right. it's been written longer than the holiday special. Mm. But James Gunn, while he's been working on um, Peacemaker in Canada okay. with John Cena and finished Suicide Squad, that's going to be out on Disney on what WB or whatever uh, okay. HBO Max yeah, in yeah. like the f- July. Okay. Maybe early August. Um, he also wrote the holiday special once they announced that. So that'll actually come out before they even film Guardians Three. Right, because they filmed the holiday special. I think they've. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I, okay. I'd have. To, I'd, I'd say that wrong. Because I way, couldn't so. remember again in the Phase Four lineup if the holiday special was this year. I think it's next year. I think it's twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah. So I just. I mean, I knew it was all in good fun, but I just thought it was really funny because you know every good Star Wars fan knows that that holiday special. It's tough. It didn't. For his Boba Fett's um, mm. appearance, he's in a different costume. They did a Boba Fett holiday special, Christmas special, um, little doll in Galaxy's Edge for gotcha. the Toy Darian Toy Maker or whatever. Um, with his color, it's like a different colorway. It's like getting mm. a, it's like getting an iPhone with like a different colorway, <laughs> a different Boba Fett. So. Um, but yeah, no, no, I don't know much more about it. I try to stay, 
Um, I know James Gunn will make a good film that I want to watch, so I don't really want to know anything right. else about it. I cannot wait for the first trailer. I'll probably like geek about it and watch mm-hmm. it a thousand mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing overwhelming about any of the trailers for any of these movies ever. Right. They've been good, right? But like nothing crazy. Like yeah. nothing like the Man of Steel trailer. Right. Like nothing would geek me as hard as that movie did as that that trailer did that trailer was nuts i feel like i have to be really careful with trailers and i you know some some franchises and some directors and you know some film companies are better and worse at this than others but sometimes i will see a trailer that just gets me hype yeah and then it's not a great movie like Mm. you bank everything into the trailer we talk about fant four stick Yes. At some point, yeah. Yes. Did I do that on the last one? Probably. I didn't go back and watch it, but uh, the Fan Four Stick trailer was like a David Cronenberg, like the fly body horror I'm idea. Try- yeah, I'm trying to think when's the last time I saw a trailer and then went and saw the movie and like every great moment had been put in the trailer. Wonder Woman eighty four, honestly, squad. a little bit was yeah, like that. Yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four is not that. And I was, I was there's hyped some, for that movie. There's some weird stuff in that movie. Yeah, it so. got a little bizarre. Yeah, um, and nobody even a full. Also, the cats effect. Right, right. Like, maybe if the movie Cats hadn't come out, <laughs> right, and no one had ever seen that horror right. show and what yes. it looks like, then yes. then you could get away with a. <laughs> if no one had seen yeah. Taylor Swift with fur. Right, and why? Yeah, and why isn't it just like dark and raining? Like, he I, did it in full sun, right. or did they? Or am I, I wrong? I, anyway, uh, you just got to yeah. cover up the bad CG yeah. at some point. Um, and also, what was the point of that golden suit? There was no point. There was no point. And it, it, it honestly looked like not if great it, to fight in. Like, if it was... took her powers away and she had to give her give the suit up to get her, like, right. it, it has no purpose. Yeah. That anyway. that movie went a little off the rails. And I was upset because I, you know. You got to watch it for free. So. Well, that's true. That was good. That's true. That was good. But, I, you know, the Wonder Woman franchise is the one DC segment that I find or had found a lot of joy in. But. <laughs> Not the, oh, well. the not the Snyder cut, uh, I will, four I hours will of your time. Probably never watch that. It is at least a movie. Well, that's I mean, I, it is more of a movie than what the Joss cut, the right, Whedon cut, right? So, oh um, my gosh, Joss Whedon. I just don't understand what Speaking DC's of, doing. I, it it just canceled. doesn't seem that hard. I, that's the thing is I and Kyle and I will go back and forth about this because of you know I I feel like I should have a T shirt that says I hate Batman, fight me. Well. But, I don't hate Batman. I think but I think Affleck hard. Batfleck works for me. I, look, I loved Ben Affleck. Honestly, no. like I, that was Henry Cavill doesn't. He's not a great. He's uh, not a great Superman. His growling is. Uh, he's got the physique for it. And but I like, love The Witcher. I love um, he growls him and Sherlock a lot Holmes. In that too. Like I don't have any problems with Henry Cavill, but like just I, when I started trying to watch all the DC movies years ago. It became very no apparent to me that I literally no couldn't plan. see what was on the screen. Oh, like, it's gray. I haven't watched a Superman movie since Brandon Roth was Superman. I never I'm sorry even you watched saw that one too, yeah. the Henry Cavill. So except Isn't for, that got the creeper in it? It's got Kevin, Kevin Spacey in it. And I saw Batman versus Superman. Oh. I did see that. And then I didn't watch any of the standalone Batmans or Supermans because I was just like, I can't, I can't even see what's happening. And this is all just... A lot of angry men I, yelling at one another yeah. in dark lit places. There are worse movies, but there's not much that I've ever seen that's as bad as the Whedon cut of Justice League. 
Well, and I'll actually, fight. I'll fight anybody. I actually watched that. Justice League. I just because I thought, well, here's a DC movie. I couldn't with get a, through it. An ensemble that I could get behind, and so I did watch Justice League, and I watched Suicide Squad. Ugh, and that one's bad too. More recently, I watched Birds of Prey, and every time I have high hopes that this will be the movie that I actually like, and every time I'm like, you I know, tweeted, I t- replied to a David Ayer tweet one time about like Jesus. That's why that movie's such a mess. Like he was talking about how he's like, and he quote tweeted it. <laughs> Right. And was like, yeah, they literally took out 75 minutes of stuff and shoved in 45 right. minutes of whatever they wanted. Right. Like, that's, it's, it died in the cutting room. Um, which I feel like when, um, what's the guy's name? I did, did like Chronicle. Aquaman. Aquaman's fun. It was I mean, fun. was it James Wan or something like that? Mm-hmm, and it did like the fat mm-hmm. one and the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Those movies, yeah. like, just get nuts. Yes. Just be yeah. crazy. And yeah. it's got the dude for, that played like Night Owl in uh, well, Watchmen. Well, the thing about like forget. Suicide Squad... Wonder Woman and Aquaman that I appreciated was for the first time I was watching DC movies that had a color palette. And they were fun, yeah. I mean, Amber, you know? Amber Heard's a little sus, but, yeah, but besides that... <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. Mar- Who among us? Yeah, Mara's, everyone, a, Mara's everyone's good. Everyone's getting canceled. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's suspect. Yeah, yeah Mara's, Mara's okay, though. So. Um, but yeah, so I just, I, I've just always stuck with Marvel because it's so hard for me. Marvel movies DC are ugly too, though. Every, well, that's I mean. Until Guardians, every Marvel movie was ugly. I mean, yeah, they're, they're grayed out. Look at this. Look at the airport scene in Civil War. Well, that's it's true. hideous. That's true. It Why is, does it look like that? I guess when you compare it to Guardians, if you're if you're making a movie where you've got comic book splash pages, like one thing Joss did right with the first Avengers is. He literally copies some stuff from, like, the Ultimate Avengers. Like, some of the angles. Like, there's one where Steve's in the foreground, and there's, like, Thor, maybe, and the Hulk standing behind him. And it's, right. like, straight out of Ultimate Avengers. Yes. Like, out of a comic book panel. Um, not as funky as, like, yeah. the Sam... Not Sam Raimi, but who did the Hulk with Eric Bana? Anyway, oh, not as weird as that, where it's, like, literal panel transitions. But, like, right. uh, he, he just, like, took inspiration from comics. But it's like, why is it so gray? I mean, I know it's well, so they all look the same. I guess when you compare it to DC, though, Marvel movies are more Well, those are depressing. That's just yeah, the Snyder so, effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Winter Soldier is probably meant to be a grayer palette because it's a spy thriller. It works for that movie. It also, the that movie. best cap suit. Yes. I think you talked about it, but like it needs to be said again. The ultimate suit. Maybe if you say suit. it, it won't just sound like me. Oh no! No 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 no! no. C. Rogers body. No but no no! The stealth it's, suit. The was stealth a suit gift. is the best suit. Period. Amazing. There was supposed to be another stealth suit in all black. I want to say in either Civil War or Infinity well, Isn't that what he wears when he's in Wakanda as well? Or he grays out the flag because he's no longer representing the United States. So what yeah. he wears in Infinity War as Nomad is... The Nomad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the... It's the suit from Civil War. It's the last no star. cat suit, but he rips the star off and he grays, grays out... the red and white. Yes. Yep. That's so, the Nomad Because I saw suit. a Tumblr post one time that was like... Let's all take a second to imagine the headspace that Steve Rogers had. <laughs> yeah, in right, to right, right. The emo, rip like. The star and, like, rub dirt on. Like, no more. <laughs> like, he just got done. The, but, um, the, but stealth suits the MVP. I don't. Yes, there was going to be, because I saw, like, you know, how the, the costume department will do, like, drawings where it's like, this is the actor and this is what it would look like on them or whatever. And there were some circulating where it was Chris Evans wearing like a bl- all black still suit. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, "We could have had this." It it's almost as like bad. It's almost like Batman at that right. point. Right. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's everything. That's it. We don't have. 
uh, I don't think we have social media shout outs. I did put uh, that we were recording today, and I think one person maybe said something about how Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was the best movie since Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> I appreciate it. And yeah, and that. that was about the only social media shout out we got. And this so. movie sandwiched in between Doc Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming and then Ragnarok right after that, right? I think in the so. time I got y'all off on your on your so. timeline. So you had to do Yes. You, you already did um, we did Homecoming. You already did Homecoming. Yeah, Spider-Man that was a good one. Homecoming, and then we did Doctor Strange. I enjoyed that podcast. And uh, next month yeah. is Ragnarok. But yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, it was really interesting because none of us were really prepared because mm. it was a last-minute thing that we moved up. Yeah, th- th- sorry about that. And then when we all went to watch it, we remembered that you can't watch the Spider-Man movies on Disney+. Plus. No, you cannot. Because of Sony. Yes. And so then none of us had watched it because we were going to have to pay to watch it on, like, Amazon Prime or something. And so we were spitballing that one, but it was mm. a lot of fun to talk about. It was a good one. I mean, I'm, Michael Keaton's fantastic. Yes. He scared yes. the crap out of me. He was very good. Very good. He does that weird whisper thing. Yeah, yeah. He gets really intense. Right? And quiet. And it's, almost, why it's Bruce more Wayne terrifying worked. than yelling. Yeah. That's true. That is why he's a good yeah, Batman. Yeah. Good and he's boy. coming back, so. I know, right? We're getting all the Batman. And we Cedric Diggory Batman, Beetlejuice Batman. Yeah. It's just like a, a cadre of Batman I, I, and Spider Man. I can't wait. I, oh, <laughs> and, and before, I mean, this is a side quest, but like, uh, if Charlie Cox could please show up in the Spider Man movie, like I've heard, uh, that would make my heart so full. Right. I just finished watching, rewatching Punisher on Netflix. Okay. And all three seasons of Daredevil. I never got to season three. Honestly, I thought they were going to do the mystical evil Asian storyline again. Okay. They were going to expand on that from from season two, and okay. I'm just like not into that Japanese kung fu bad people well, sort of situation. But like, see, I only ever watched Agents of Shield, so I never went. I never got into the Punisher or the Iron. It's Fist way better than anything Agents of Shield. Or Daredevil. I can promise you. And I almost I, never finished don't watch Agents Iron of Fist. Shield. Yeah, don't watch Iron Fist. I meant to watch Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and I just never did. I like Jessica Jones, all right. So. But I think Daredevil season one through three, you can watch them without watching anything else. You don't need to watch it in order, in my opinion. Um, they might make one or two references to, like, uh, what's the other guy's name? Anyway, uh, I can't remember. Uh, but then again, The Punisher shows up in season two. Oh, okay. and the Punisher whole series is really, really good. I've only ever so. seen the movie. Mm, just watch. Okay. Yeah, just okay. <laughs> TV shows. The only- the I like that Thomas. Whatever scene I remember when anyone says the Punisher, the only thing I can think about is that popsicle scene. Mm. And I oh just yeah, can't un- I can't. He's just screaming. I like that. I like that. What is that guy's name? Thomas uh, or uh, I can't lost oh, I can't it. It doesn't remember. matter. It's I like that so one. Long. It's it's weird and it's about as good as you could get at that time with right. John Travolta as the bad guy, and right? Yes. The wife and all that stuff. Yeah. So no, no, no. Those are good. I would recommend watching it. But but okay. the rumor mill is that Charlie Cox also pops up in one of the Spider-Man dimensions. Interesting. In the multiverse, well, which bring it. Please. I think we talked we talked about this at some point, but one of the things that I love DC for is their TV shows. So I feel like they do a better job diversifying. All, yes, yeah. and so for all of the DC movies I don't watch, I'm all in on their shows. So I've watched all the Arrowverse shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think that that sort of set a precedent for, like, now people are, are saying, okay, well, like, you can literally throw every single person into this, and it'll work. Yeah. Like, the fans will love it. 
it you know you can have these cameos yeah it, it, yeah i i don't um, like the tvs that much i got i lost i lost it with green arrow and flash there's just too much tv for me right 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 um but like the way the Netflix shows work is more like an HBO TV. Like, it's like a movie, like right. a mini movie. And I, I really dig that. Um, you don't need a lot of special effects for a right. Daredevil compared but that's, to what you I mean, it's one of those things Supergirl. where it's like, okay, well, we have three or four different versions of The Flash, and we have yep. four different Supermans, yep. and we have, a, you know, two Lex Luthers, and like all of these things that people will say, well, that'll just look campy, it won't work. I mean, Adam West wasn't, no, not Adam West. No, he's dead. Uh, who was Adam West Robin? Oh, I don't know his name. It, he was in it. I mean, Dick so, Grayson. Yes. So you were like, <laughs> of course it's Dick Grayson. You were just yeah. jumping, you know, and it just were. I don't want to ruin, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths for anyone who hasn't seen it. I don't want to ruin all the cameos, but the idea that you could have a Spider-Man, especially with a coming into the multiverse situation yeah, yeah, with Doctor yeah. Strange, where yeah. you could just have a few seconds of Tobey Maguire, you know, and it like it would work. I'm yep. excited. I um, hope, I'm ready. I hope they do it. Yeah, I'm ready. Inject it into my veins. Okay. I think that's everything. Do you have any final thoughts? No, that's it. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our podcast now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know when I'll be able to come back over and, and do another one, but we'll... Welcome to the Hunter and Ashby show. Yeah, we're, we'll change be recording the locks. every three months. Change the locks on Eric's house. <laughs> yeah, we, we've kicked Eric out of his own Pod house. house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't know what we're talking about next i know that the next mcu film that we'll be covering is ragnarok or ragnarok which is that's a good one i can't wait let's go ahead and do all that now um the community episode we promise is coming soon i know we've been teasing it for a while but it is happening um and then at some point eric and i did a recording of us talking about basically everything that they announced with phase four and so we'll we'll be posting that really soon there you go that might and have... that'll have all the dates and everything that Marvel just announced a few weeks ago. Cool. So, okay, a big thank you to Ricky Lyles for all his contributions to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the MCU films and other pop culture entities as we are. Until next time, I get to say it stays cool as the other side of the pillow. We will see you next week. Bye!